Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. What's up, friends? Welcome in. This is in this league on SportsGrid. ITL on SportsGrid, my friends. I am the Welsh. That is Mr. Scott Bogman over there. And today it is three hours of us. No Bubba this week, but it's me. I am here with you where we're going to be talking some uh, fantasy football. We've actually got an article we're going to be discussing from the uh, Fantasy Pros, which is on the top bus. We are going to be playing in hours two and three. We've got some baseball talk. Steve Gardner from USA Today joined us on uh, the ITL Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and Andrew Erickson from Fantasy Pros joined Bogman on the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. So you are going to get some clips from Andrew Erickson and Steve Gardner in hours two and three. And in this hour, a little bit of football action, Bogman, and some of your favorite football, not the NFL side, yeah. the college side. I I gotta I don't know if you've seen it yet because you aren't the biggest college guy, but I know nothing. I, okay, so you know nothing about it. okay. So Nick Saban, uh, you, you, for those of you that don't know who Nick Saban is, he's the Alabama head coach. He's considered the best head coach ever in the history of college football. He's won multiple national titles. He always gets the best recruiting classes because everybody wants to, to play for him. He went on a rant. He's like a made I, man now. He's like a made he, man. He's in that, a made like, man. He, he doesn't even need to do anything. It's just Nick Saban mm-hmm. comes winners. And also you might throw be Joe in- Pesci at the end of Goodfellas right now. So, oh, okay, that's good. Oh, yeah, like a little like, <laughs> what am I funny, like a clown? Uh, the the other thing that I think is actually, just to tie this in, that's made it even more is now there's money tied with NILs. The, the licensing stuff has made, say, I think, the allure of Saban double <clears throat> because you want to play in the biggest places with the biggest people. You got to start, and that's why NILs have been actually uh, a little bit negative because if a guy doesn't succeed or isn't starting at a big school, they immediately need to get out of there and they want to get out of there for their brand. But Nick Saban really has the pick well, of the litter. Well, okay, going that. into going into and, like, and a, a week ago, that was I think a true statement. I I think it's still true. But Nick Saban 
is butthurt about these NIL deals. And he went on some rant. He was at some type of sit-down press conference type of thing where he's sitting in a chair with a microphone. There's other people on the stage, and he's talking to a crowd. And they asked him about NILs. And he first had a statement about uh, Deion Sanders and how uh, his college mm-hmm. – Paid a guy a million dollars to come play for them and then bragged about it. That was, that was the, well, that was actually that was the dicey one. That was, I think, the cornerback. Uh, I don't remember his name, yeah. but um, it was very public because Barstool, Barstool is tied in with Dion. They have a, right. a deal going on. And I believe the NIL deal was through Barstool. So there was there was also some nastiness in there that it wasn't just like it, it wasn't just the coach it's a separate from a, an advertising deal it was the coach is in bed with a company a gambling company that tied in and paid this type of money and it, it got a little dirty so he didn't like that. So yeah so Nick Saban first commented on that and so he didn't like he, getting the best. He wants the best, he didn't get the best cuz someone outbid him now. Then, uh, I don't know uh, how much recruiting, I mean, I don't pay uh, that much attention to recruiting on a, uh, you know, year-to-year basis. I'll look over and see who has the good classes, where some of the top guys went, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, my guys at CFP Winning Edge, Xavier and Nick, obviously way deeper into that than I am. But Texas A&M have the best recruiting class, like, in the history. If we're just looking at, you know, how 247 rates the players coming in, five stars, four stars, that kind of stuff, Texas A&M just murdered. Like, so they got what, like, like three top tens or just hypothetically yeah. just, uh, I mean, just, okay. the best signing class in the history of football. Like wow. that is what Texas A&M. Texas A&M had this year. And unfortunately then, to your, to your dismay, oh yeah, because, because it. UT has also been, not only do you hate it, but UT has been on a really big downturn. Like it still has the allure and there's still so much attached to it, but they have not been a good, uh, st- still, still very good recruiting i mean they're good yeah Yeah. they always get the good recruiting class they just can't get the talent to translate on the field recently so you know texas is still really good but this is the best you know in the day and age of alabama and georgia just winning the national championship texas a&m uh who did beat alabama this year unranked it was the first it was the first unranked team to beat alabama in a hundred games so uh, that was like it was a big deal. A hundred years, that was big. No, not a hundred years. No, a hundred straight games. Alabama had played a hundred straight games against unranked opponents and beat them all. So uh, this was the first time, you know, in a hundred games that they had played someone that was unranked and lost was earlier in 2021. Uh, so anyway, Texas A&M gets this um, best recruiting class in the history of football, and then Nick Saban said that, "How do you think Texas A&M got this best recruiting class? They paid them all." They paid absolutely everybody. You just dig into it, and you, you'll you see that the Aggies paid all of their players to come play for them at Texas A&M. So mm. it's safe to say that Nick Saban doesn't like the NIL deals because the NIL deals, you know, you have alumnus from certain schools that have a lot of money that want to put uh, some of the backing in. He attacked, I think, Miami or Florida. It was one of them. And said that you know every kid on that roster has four hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. I think it might have been a basketball. I think that was a basketball thing. It's interesting so. because he's looking at that from a perspective of they've always gotten the best, they've got the top, and now the the, the playing field has leveled. Has been leveled, a bit. and he's it hasn't even been right. leveled. It's just been uh, taken away from Alabama a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, because it's not you know Western Michigan versus Texas A and M or any Pac five school. It, it, they're still not going to measure up. So it's just been taken away from Saban. So uh, as I've been told, though, 
after this Nick Saban rant, there's an epic response. And that response has come from Texas A&M and Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. And that is what we are going to talk about when we come back from break. We're going to play the epic response in the battle of uh, signings in college football and more. We've got some fantasy football busts and alike. Don't go anywhere in this league. We'll be back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. It's bullshit. Holy mother forking shirt balls. Indisleague.com. That is our Patreon, and that is where you can come and hang you can support your boys and everything that we do, multi-sport, fantasy, and just fun alike. We've got comedy secret shows. We have got ranks, lots of ranks. Bogman does football, college football stuff, since we're talking about that for CFF, if you're into the CFF fantasy, actual football stuff. We both uh, do some work over at Fantasy Pros, and that kind of spills over to here. I've got baseball, dynasty, redraft, all of that. So if you're looking for ranks, if you're looking for a community, if you're looking for extra content and or you're looking to support and have access to us, come and check us out in this league.com. It is a Patreon that has been around quite a while. It is not a new fangled Patreon that just jumped up on the scene and oh, don't know how long it'll last. We've literally been doing it for like four years, five years, something like that. That's been right? a long Somewhere? time. It's yeah, been a long, longer time. than that. Yeah. The yeah thing is something like that at this point. Yeah. So we've been, we've been creating content for all that time. So we appreciate the support and hope uh, you might go give it a little check out. Just go to in this league.com and you can sign up today. Okay. So set the stage as we left off. Uh, Nick Saban is going scorched earth because now he doesn't get all the recruits because people can buy them out. I don't even know if Nick Saban knew that these comments would uh, rattle everybody this much. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think he was just at a dinner, uh, a dinner thing, feeling pretty good. And someone asked him a question and he went full old man. Look, Nick Saban isn't long for the coaching world. Dude's in his 70s now. He's not going to be able to do it How forever. How much longer do you think he has? 
two or three years probably at, at his peak before he turns into Joe Paterno, you know, a guy that's like there but not really doing much. Uh, I, I think it's only a couple more years. I mean, look, you know, he's not in bad shape. He's in good shape. Uh, his mind seems pretty clear outside this old man rant that, that he went on. So he could have way longer than I think. I just assume once you get to like 75, it's time to probably put it down. You can't relate to yeah. any of the kids. The game is changing. Your schemes are probably going to get old, blah, 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 blah. I yeah, just, that's always first, been my thing. It's like you, you got to probably at that point have a lot younger coordinators cross board because like how can you possibly relate to any of the players? Right, exactly. And, you know, Nick Saban has been a rehabilitation program for uh, Alabama uh, for a lot of coaches. There are a lot of coaches. I mean, Sark, who is now the head coach of Texas, remember, was a head coach of USC. Had an alcohol problem, was drunk on the field, got fired. It was a whole thing. Went and was an analyst for Alabama, worked his way up to offensive coordinator, and then eventually got the job at Texas. So, um, you know, he's done a lot of good for football, you know, but this doesn't this doesn't vibe with Nick Saban. So he's out there paid. like, yeah, I, and no one's going to take a comment well where it's like, oh, they just paid every single one. So he says these comments, uh, calls out multiple schools, and the reaction bug set up the reaction. Jimbo Fisher had to have a press conference to address these comments, probably because so many people were uh, talking to him about it. And you can go ahead and, and play the clip. This is uh, absolute fire from Jimbo. So Fisher. okay, so I didn't realize that this press conference was based off of these comments. He, I'm he pretty sure it, it might have been a weekly thing. I don't, okay. I don't know. Like I obviously don't pay attention to all of the media stuff that's happening, but. He absolutely fired back, and his okay. comments I thought were great. So it was like a twenty-minute uh, looks like conference, but here is a minute we found online that we'll play. Coach, uh, like to respond to some comments made last night in Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly. 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And if they broke state laws, they're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him, doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous. But when when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. What was the uh, – that was just the minute clip there. What was the – where he's talking about the parody? Was he, is, was he going on like a thing where uh, – um, he was going to say that the coaches believe he's doing some dirty handed stuff or none of the coaches actually like him. I, I think, yeah, well, none of the coaches like him. And that's just a fact uh, that there are guys that I'm sure, you know, Nick Saban has people, but this was a whole thing. Uh, I remember reading about this years ago, but when Nick Saban left, um, he left Michigan state to go to LSU and, um, he had assured his staff that he wasn't going to LSU. You know, it's the same thing he did when I'm not going to co coach Alabama. I'm the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins, and um, we're talking about Dolphin football, and then he ends up at Alabama, right? It, it's 
it's things you have to say. I don't necessarily blame him that much for that stuff because what are you supposed to do? Like you're, you're no, you're going to go leave, but you're committed to a job. So you have to be loyal to that job, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm not that concerned about that, but the thing was, was that I remember reading about was from LSU. He sent a plane to Michigan state and said, anyone that wants to come with me, get in the plane and you have a job at LSU. He did and the, he did the Tom Cruise. He's like, who's coming with, who's me? coming with me. Right. Except for he wasn't getting fired. He was taking a new higher, higher paying job in a giant uh, conference in the sec. And but who's nobody, coming with me? And nobody, no one came with him. No, not a single person. Interesting. So um, here's another statement real quick. Uh, I think I see someone tweeted out where it's only, it's a quick clip from the press conference and it looks like, Maybe he had a jacket on before, and it looks like is this the same press conference? Maybe he took uh, the jacket off. I don't off? think it is. No, you don't think it is? Okay. Yeah, maybe it's not. Yeah, never mind. I won't play. But but it, Saban it, has done this before. He's made little inferences before. This is the first time because in this whole speech that Jimbo gives, he says this is the second time I've had to do this because of the same uh, narcissist. I mean, he's yeah. He's yeah. Well, here, here's another one. A bunch. This might have uh, this might have some different uh, clips in it. People think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us. Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. Know him really well. People think they're that sounds uh that sounds like uh you know that there were envelopes being sent around very early in the very early days if uh yeah. what's being alluded to. <laughs> yeah, look, uh college football has been dirty for a long time, and it's not a big secret. I mean, you know, stupid Chris Sims talks about hundred dollar handshakes. Uh Arian Foster has talked about how he went to go get uh, you know, money and, and all that stuff. Um, there are plenty of college play. Johnny Manziel talked about, uh, I would walk into a hotel room and there'd be a bag with 50 grand in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, football, college football has been seedy and underhanded for a very, very long time. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it isn't. But I think by having these NILs, you get it to be a little more open and you get that underhandedness. Anytime you make something transparent, it's better, right? So you make yeah. these kids getting money more transparent and easier and you don't have to jump through hoops and, you know, you level the playing field a little bit. Like we said before, it's not really level, you know, you're not going to get FAU isn't going to get the same type of uh, alumnus and sponsorships that Florida is going to get right. Lower conference, lower tradition, blah, 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 you know, all of that stuff but it does level the playing field of the good teams a little bit. So, you know, players aren't just going to go to Bama because they see Bama on TV and you have to give Saban credit. He built it. Bama wasn't good when he got there. They were fine, but that you would be like, might, you know, you might've built, might built it on a mountain of envelopes though, <clears throat> according uh, to Jimbo. You know what? It would not be surprising at all to me. Not even so this is fresh. We yeah. we haven't had a saving response or anything like that yet. Not yet. I think he needs to shut his mouth. He needs yeah. to take a step this, back. You know, take a couple plays off, like uh, Brick would say. So. This sounds like one of those things where there won't be a response, and he'll just uh, put it on. That, that that's a Nick Saban uh, play for sure. Uh, friends, don't go anywhere. When we come back, 
Fog and I are going to dig into some fantasy football. Yes, it's May. You can always talk about fantasy football. We got baseball. We got some other stuff going in a little bit. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. What is this? It's in this league. What? How can we be expected to teach Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? In this league. Has to be at least three times bigger than this. Welcome back, friends. It is Bogman and the Welsh. You guys can also find some great merch over at InThisLeague.fans. That's where you guys can find all of our, uh, whether it's podcast art or some of the crazy character type things that we have from Prospects Assemble to... Uh, Boggs Jr. from the great that seems like a gajillion years ago the uh, Carl's Jr. thing it's because which was it was like, before COVID it, it was, was pre-COVID you're right yeah. about that it was pre and I think the wasn't the return of that with the treadmill wasn't that pre-COVID that as well no that, that was, was in COVID that was during COVID yeah oh okay I, I guess I didn't remember that so uh, but you can find the didn't last great... as long as eating Carl. Jr. Yeah, it wasn't so. quite as uh, yeah, I think <laughs> not not nearly the success that eating was the diet. Yeah, so. Bogman's bit was uh, every loss the Diamondbacks had, he would go eat Carl's Jr. and do a video for, and I think it was upwards of ninety or something like that. It was it was some bonkers number. But we've got those. We've got the podcast artwork. What maybe in the fantasy football shirt if you want to check that out. Shirts, hoodies, all that type of stuff. Go check it out in this league dot fans. We are going to talk some fantasy football. You know, more and more, you know, we have an interesting perspective on it because, you know, we've been around since like 2014. And I remember in those times, like the idea of talking about fantasy football in April and May and even respect to June was relatively kind of silly. There there weren't a lot of there was only one I can recall daily show and that's the fantasy footballers that was one of the things that got them so popular was they decided to go daily there wasn't a lot of daily stuff like that and even into the off season most would take off completely maybe there was a little bit here and there and now you've got a completely different landscape where it's almost like if you're not talking fantasy football in 
you know, all, every April day, all day, March, every day, all the time. Yeah. That you're almost kind of behind the eight ball because there's so much more content that's out there. Uh, Fantasy pros, which you do the football side a lot over there is, I mean, breathing this exact example as uh, Pizapia and Derek and Erickson have all been doing shows. You have been show- doing shows as well. And articles have been coming out. And I thought this was an interesting conversation to have, especially now, as we are doing this in May, that there's already an article of 12 early fantasy football busts that are coming in May, which I think is fascinating. So I think we'd have to take a look at it. But maybe the the most interesting thing is, Bogman, you're not on this list. You didn't write, you you weren't asked to do anything here. What's the deal? Uh, Well, I think it might be because I did a whole show with Pat, which you guys will be. Uh, well, I guess you guys won't be hearing, uh, that here, but I did a whole show with Pat about, uh, players we didn't want to touch in dynasty startups. So okay. we, we did that show. Uh, that was my work for the week. And, and, uh, this article came out the same week, but to be fair, uh, no Pat Fitzmorris in this article as well. So neither one of you are true. in this. We're too busy working on the other shows, of course. So, yes. uh, but, uh, Andrew, I had on and you're going to hear this take. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Andrew Erickson. Oh, Andrew Erickson. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you called yeah. it. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you remember in high school, like we would only call each other. We, we were the guys that use last, last names. names. Yeah. So when you use a first name, it's jarring. Like even when somebody calls me Chris, it's kind of jarring a little bit. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, so you said Andrew. I was like, who? Yeah, Who's when Andrew? you call me Scott, it, it's never to me. It's to other people. Uh, you're like, well, Scott has to blah, blah, blah. Scott has to this, uh, yeah. but it, it catches me off guard a little bit. Yeah, I only does, say Chris when I'm trying to get well. your attention. I, I think I'm like, well, well, Chris, come on. Like, you know, like, yeah. like that's the only time I use your name, your first, first name. So yeah, it's no, always I agree with you. the Welsh. That is what we say. So, yeah. um, but yeah, man, um, this, this first one that Erickson has, we talked a little bit about it and. I am absolutely with him. So, uh, okay. Go ahead, yeah. lay it out oh, so that's, so we're going to get that in hour two. You're going to talk about this. Yes. This a was bit. a, this was actually a player that, uh, I was very in on last year. And at that time, uh, Kyle Yates, who was over on fantasy pros as well, echoed this with me and we could not have been more wrong where I was, you know, on record saying how Debo was the breakout guy and the guy you should own over Ayuk, which is probably my favorite. It has to be one of the more, you know, successful singular things I could have in <laughs> fantasy football last year on the inverse. Uh, you know, one of my most incorrects was this player who is on this list now of one of the biggest busts, which is Antonio Gibson uh, fantasy pros currently has him listed as a consensus RB 18. And this was the guy because the question, because they put some questions on there and how this was built out, it said, um, what RB in the consensus top 24 should managers fear the most as a bus candidate? So Erickson has identified uh, Antonio Gibson as the biggest bust of essentially RB ones or twos of starting running backs, which is a pretty big claim. Uh, if you guys are going to talk about it, you know, maybe we don't want to go into crazy, crazy claims, but do you have anything that's not going to, that people aren't going to be able to hear in the next segment that you want to, uh, you want to add? Well, I, we, I'll expand on it with Erickson, but basically the fear here is um, Brian Robinson was drafted by them. He's a first, second down hammer. And, and you love Robinson too. I do. I love Robinson. I think he's got a ton of upside, but I also think Washington drafting Robinson has to tell you that they don't think Antonio Gibson can make it being the the one guy. 
he can still be a primary guy. And we've seen unbelievable success with guys that are primary guys, but not getting 25 carries. Alvin Kamara is like the tops. He's the absolute tops of that. Like a guy that, I mean, he'll get 25 touches in a game on occasion recently, but when he was very, very successful, he's getting like 18 and taking a couple big ones. I think, and, and Ron Rivera has already mentioned, you know, Jonathan Stewart and Tiantel Williams. And I had a great one, two punch at running back. In oh, Carolina. so I didn't know that I hadn't heard that. So they're yeah. already talking tandems. And that's the problem is in the world of football right now, tandem running is so prevalent, obviously, you know, maybe one of the most well-known, I think at this point is like Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, where when the thought was Melvin Gordon was going to go somewhere else, it was like Javante to the moon. You know, he's finally going to be the guy. These tandems are so prevalent in fantasy football that it Jones doesn't destroy Dylan. Jones and Dylan. It doesn't destroy value, but what it does is it mitigates it. And the Washington situation, you already had JD McKissick who is there as the primary receiving running back, which would, take Gibson off the field in those instances, and that would make him the primary runner. Now you're talking about, you know, guys that are already off the field for receiving downs. And then you're saying, all right, now when we are primary running, we're now looking at some type of a tandem and a hundred percent of Antonio. And I'm just expanding here on my thoughts here. Sure. A hundred percent of Antonio Gibson last year was pretty mediocre. Now you're looking at, at best, maybe 70%, you know, even if they don't go full, full tandem, 70% of Antonio Gibson. Here's the one thing. Here's the one thing with Antonio Gibson that I am a little positive on. I don't want to bury him or anything in my rankings. Although uh, right now, I think I have Gibson lower than 18. I've got him at 23 uh, for PPR. So the one that there's still upside, there's still meat on the bone with Gibson because the dude played more wide receiver in college than he did running back. So now with a first, second down, big back hammer, like Brian Robinson, you can give Gibson that blow. You can also use him in the slot. You can put him outside. He can play wide receiver. He can be that Le'Veon Bell type of, you know, uh, running back that also gets snaps out wide in five wide, four wide sets. He can play a little more wide receiver, but you're taking the brunt of a hit every single play off of him if you're doing it that way. So Gibson, there's still a path to Gibson being a high level player, but the steam has to come off a little bit when you draft a guy like Brian Robinson and move up to get him. They moved up to get him to make sure they yeah. had him on day two. So, yeah, yeah I think you were kind of, <clears throat> weren't you kind of shocked that he dropped a little bit and where he was like, cause you thought just all the um, running backs, they all, yeah, fell. all of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They all did fall. They fell a pretty aggressive uh, agree degree here. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think it's hard even at RB 18, I think he's kind of a hard nut to crack at this point because I think there's too many questions. Now, to your point, I do like the idea if and if they would openly commit to it, if you could get to the point where they did put him out wide and you what if you had a set where I mean, you want to talk about innovative, weird offenses. What if you had a set where you had Robinson and McKissick in the backfield and you had Gibson playing on the slot? You will two wide out and see that. You that that's going to look wild. Here. Yeah, and yeah. You, as you should. That would look like a wild setup, but it questions like then who does Antonio Gibson become? You know, Debo Samuel went from a wide out into a running back and he was a touchdown magnet, but if we're being honest, we, if you take out the touchdowns, the running didn't make him awesome. The running just gave him more touches to score. 
the running itself wasn't a big fantasy boon necessarily. And it also took away from the passing. But when you put it all together, you say, he's a playmaker, you know, he would catch three or four passes. He would run six or seven times and you give him 10 opportunities. He's going to score. Is that what we're looking at? And Antonio Gibson, he wasn't successful with, with double those type of touches. Last I think year. he was playing hurt a lot last year. He only played in 11 games. He had that shin injury like real early. I think it was week three or four. So I think he's kind of playing through stuff. And you also bring in Robinson. So you don't have to, you don't have to subject Gibson to that type of beating. He's not big enough for it. And he didn't do it in college. He was a wide receiver mainly in college. So, um, you know, you can't ask a guy that had more carries through the first eight weeks of his NFL career than he did in this entirety of his college career to be a 17 game running back taking 20 touches a game. It's just not realistic. So I think this was a smart move for Washington. Sucks for fantasy. It sucks for Antonio Gibson's upside. But yeah. I mean, Brian yeah, I it's, a, it's a good NFL play. It's just low. It just yeah. doesn't make him an RB, uh, an RB two at this point. Um, also in the article, uh, Matthew Friedman agreed and had him as well. When we come back, we're going to go through a couple other very interesting names too that really pop out. And they ask the next question of um, <clears throat> what wide receiver should you freak out about and potentially be a bust? So we'll finish up with running backs and wide receivers on this very good article you can find over at Fantasy Pros. <clears throat> Just type in bus or it's one of the most recent fantasy football ones. Just fantasypros.com. Check them out. But don't go anywhere, friends. We'll be right back right here on In This League. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. I am not in this league. You're in this league. I'm the dude. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> yeah! It is Bogman. It is Welsh. We are in this league at InThisLeague.com. We are talking about some fantasy football. We got more fantasy football coming up in the next hour as Bogman chats with Andrew Erickson on a whole bunch of good fantasy football stuff. And uh, speaking of both of you, uh, Fantasy Pros Brethren, we are actually talking about a Fantasy Pros article 
because like we said, there's more fantasy football content to talk about 24, seven, 365. That is the world that we are in. And this though, catches my eye talking about bus this early on, because obviously so <laughs> many things can change. You know, we just talked about Antonio Gibson. The draft is over. Now it's uh, sleepers yeah. and busts. That's what we want. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. The logic I think is completely there with him. Uh, the funny thing is that, you know, we're like, let's hypothetically, it's only on my mind and I hate to even say it, but it's like, we, we just saw the uh, treat Cohen awful stuff where treat Cohen Whoa. live on Instagram. I did not watch it, nor would I, um, blew out his leg live on Instagram trying to come back, which I think you he watched tore his it. Achilles. Yeah, I saw it. And, and it's more, you know, you don't like the gross stuff. You don't like, you know, when uh, gross things happen. It wasn't no. really gross. It was more sad to me because he's working out. He's on Instagram live and you hear a pop and mm. he knows exactly what it is as soon as it happens. And you can just see you know, the look on his face and it's just so sad, you know, to know yeah. your career is at least another year uh, longer uh, to get ready. And, um, and how many more years that, do you really have? And that a, might be it. running back. Yeah, exactly. That might be it. Yeah. Uh, the, but the reason I bring it up is you do have this context of like, you know, if Brian Robinson were to go down, you know, at some point or in, in, in camp or something like that, you would be then looking at, I think the tune would change a little bit for everybody because for now sure. you'd have Antonio Gibson. Now the thing you, that you could keep in the back of your mind is if, again, this is a complete hypothetical. If Robinson were to go down, would the team then actively try to bring somebody else in because one million the plan they yeah. want. Yeah. If that's what they yeah. want from me. Well, Antonio it's Gibson. not just Antonio Gibson. It's also, uh, you know, look at what they did last year with mediocre quarterback play, right? T Taylor Heineke was fine, but he wasn't that good in the team struggled. They took Jahan Dotson in the first round. Um, you know, so you have your one and your two. You have Dotson and you have McLaurin. Uh, you don't really have a three. Maybe Diami Brown steps up, who they drafted last year in, I think, the second or third round. Maybe he can step up and be uh, a solid option for them. But now you can move Gibson around a little bit. Basically, what you want is to take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands because they traded for Carson Wentz, who should be an upgrade from Heineke. And his peak has been very high. You know, we've seen him with Philly play very, very well. But when Carson Wentz is your running or your quarterback, you better have a good running back. And even then, it might not work. Jonathan, they had the best running back in the league last year in Indy in Jonathan Taylor, and they didn't make the playoffs. So, um, yeah. you know, you want to give him enough weapons to where he's making easy throws. You want to give him short plays. So you need a grinder like Brian Robinson. So if something happened, he tore his knee or popped his Achilles or broke his leg or whatever, uh, they would be hunting for some big body thumper that can carry the ball on first and second downs and leave so maybe it wouldn't change. Gibson. Yeah, so at the uh, end of the day, it doesn't necessarily change the the scope of him being that, bust. The player's success would change the scope. You know, if he sucked, you know, yeah, it, exactly. it would be it, like Deontay Foreman would be a perfect guy. He's in Carolina now, but he'd be that perfect type of like, all right, let's just bring in one of these type of guys. You yeah. Know? So here are some other names that popped up. I think uh, all very interesting names. Um, the next one, the consensus RB12, Javante Williams. And this was the Wolf of Roto Street, which is a pretty great name. Uh, put this together saying, uh, regardless of how much you love the talent, that Williams is just being overrated at that price with Melvin Gordon there. So thoughts on uh, Javante Williams? Firm disagree on that. I mean, I've got him as uh, my RB9. 
going into the season here in okay. PPR. And, you know, the re- my reasoning for that is, like, sure, they did bring back Melvin Gordon, but they waited two months. Anyone could have signed Melvin Gordon. So to me, that says this is a team that it feels safe without Melvin, Melvin Gordon. They don't really care who backs up Jamonte. You want to bring back Melvin. You know, he's familiar with the, the team and all that good stuff. But it would not have bothered them if anybody else signed Gordon because they let him sit on the wire for two months. Yeah. And anyone could. So you don't think it's going to be as splitty this year? Nah, is I think we're leaning at? more towards Javante. Yeah, and okay. the offense is going to be way better with Russ. So now more touchdown opportunity. I don't get that one. Derek Brown picked my guy Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he's an RB twenty three though, which I think is really interesting because that's just right at the cusp of an RB uh, as an RB two. And yes, they did make some moves as they do. They brought back uh, Jeffrey Wilson Jr. They still have Trey Sermon and they brought in Price from LSU. Uh, He had said that Mitchell last year was able to be the 13th ranked snap share and the third highest opportunity, um, but he ranked 31st weighted outright when you had Debo Samuel, who is not, it just clearly if Debo's a 49er, he's just not going to be at the same running level. So um, what do you think about this? Because overall... I think his thought process is with the system being there and the amount of backs that they have there. And I don't, he didn't really mention Debo in this, like what would take Elijah Mitchell, who was very successful with the 49ers out of being an RB two. Um, I mean, I have him higher than 23. So this is another one I'm going to disagree with. Uh, I am talking PPR for mine. I think these are probably half point uh, ranks because when fantasy pros writes their articles, most of the time, that's what they do. Uh, that that's like the middle ground that they go to, but um, he's still probably going to be the lead back. I mean, I guess they could go to Davis price out of LSU, but Davis price was in a, you know, little bit of a committee. He beat out some very strong players at LSU and LSU had some rough LSU has been rough offensively ever since uh, Burrow left. They have not been good. So um, I just still think Eli Mitchell is going to be the number one. Yes. You are going to break it up, but he is still one of the best running backs and he only made it through uh, however many games it was last year. And um, I think it's better for him to have someone backing him up so he doesn't have to take more carries. I think it makes him more explosive because with Mitchell, you're really, you know, you want, you want every running back to have all the carries they can get. But for Mitchell, you're waiting for him to break the big play open and score a touchdown. And I think that's a big thing. He's, he's going in and saying that he will be less explosive as the, the shares are around that he's less explosive overall, which I don't necessarily agree with because he, yeah. bro- I, I watched all the 49ers games last year. He broke some massively big runs and you do have to consider what was taken away. I mean, the guy, the, the guy still accumulated, I think back to back, like 27 carry games. He had some serious 20 plus carry games uh, with good success. When Debo was taking away some critical points that could have been touchdowns. I don't know. Mitchell's I just don't think better the in the committee. He, he, he was part yeah. of a three, Three-headed system at Louisiana when he was there in college. Last year, it was meant to be him and Sermon, and Sermon just was always hurt and and terrible. So the Davis Price pick to me is more, let's get a one-two punch, which is good for Mitchell because that takes a little bit of that weight off his shoulders, and you don't he's not a guy that should be getting, you know, 250 touches. He should get somewhere between 175 and 200 every single year and do what he can with those because he is a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, and he did get hurt last year, but I, I think he's better with fresh legs. So uh, I disagree with that take. One other running back, and then I want to get to a couple of the wideouts before we end here. 
I find I find this interesting because I've I saw a lot of chatter online. Uh, this one is Austin Eckler and uh, Stephen Pintado from the Fantasy Coaches wrote it, saying uh, you know essentially citing like touchdown regression is a big thing. They brought in Isaiah Spiller. What I've also seen is a lot of people saying sell Austin Eckler now. You know, age yeah. is going to catch up. Um, you got to get out from under. He's it. undersized. Do yeah. you buy the 2022 Eckler bust? Um, third overall consensus running back, by the way, apologies. That's his, uh, consensus rank. I mean, I could see him not living up to that expectation. Uh, but I, I pushed him all the way down to four. So, uh, I, I, I am obviously still in on Austin Eckler. I mean, I, I think a guy like him, he will probably fall off fairly quickly. I don't think he's going to be a slow burn. I think it's going to be, you know, he gets hurt that impacts him significantly and he's, you know, relegated to a much, much smaller role. I don't, I think the whole reason you bring in Spiller is to give Austin Eckler that break. I find this move to be pretty similar to what the Niners did when they brought in Davis price. And they've been looking for this back. You know, they tried with Justin Jackson. Then they said, okay, Justin Jackson's fine, but let's go get, um, uh, you know, Josh Kelly and Josh Kelly didn't work. Oh, well, let's go get Larry Roundtree. And that didn't work. So now we're like, all right, Isaiah Spiller's most people's third or fourth best running back in this class we're gonna take him and make sure that we get someone that can give austin eckler a break so i think this move is good for austin eckler's long-term um health you know 26 is the peak after age 26 guys start to slide and he's past that so we could see the slide for sure we're gonna see touchdown regression but i still think he's gonna be a very very big part of the chargers offense and they're going to score a lot of touchdowns and he's yeah. going to be a big part of that. So I'm still going to be pretty high on Eckler. So looking over to the wideouts are asking the same question. The number one is pretty easy to me. And I think it is for a lot of people, though the consensus dropped uh, isn't crazy, but Jalen Waddle, Matthew Friedman and Luke Sahuk from dynasty nerds, both pick him out. And that was like off season moves. The number one guy that jumped out that was hurt by a move was Jalen Waddle by Tyreek Hill coming in. Like, there's just no doubt about it. He was the number one share. Now, is he going to be decimated? No. Uh, if 14 is kind of high for him, it's probably a bit lower. So I, I buy while also being like, I don't know if we need to call him a bus. Like, cause in my eyes, if you're 14, you're identifying him as a bus because he's barely going to be a wide receiver three. Like he just might be a really low end wide receiver two. like 24 doesn't feel busty to me. Uh, any quick thoughts on him? I still have him at 14. I have him right where consensus is. Uh, okay. I don't think he'll have a thousand or a hundred catches this year. 104 is what he had last year, but I think he'll make bigger plays and he had six touchdowns. I think he could be up from that. So I think he's going to be right about where he was last year, which is a high end RB or wide receiver two. So that is where I'm going to have him ranked as well. The, I don't know if we'll get to both of these. Um, Andrew Erickson, your boy, Deontay Johnson is his bust here talking about um, uh, yeah, kind of going through like the history of it. I think looking at the quarterback play, looking at the weapons that they have, he, he cites target competition in Claypool and Firemuth. They, they brought in Pickens wide receiver 13, Deontay Johnson as a bust. I can't imagine you buy that. Uh, no, I mean, Deontay, I have him perfectly in line as well. I have him at 13. Uh, I think, Pickens is my bust in Pittsburgh. I think, uh, or excuse me, Claypool is my bust in, in Pittsburgh because Pickens, I think, is already better than him. So, not going to be Deontay. He's still going to be the number one target getter in Pittsburgh. 
Uh, the other one I just find very fascinating is AJ Brown, who moves to Philly. Uh, Steven Pintado from Fantasy Coaches had cited him talking about uh, Goddard, talking about Devontae Smith and how he comes in. He doesn't necessarily come in as like a true number wide receiver one in an offense that, you know, I cited a gajillion times last year, just lacked innovation. They weren't innovative. And Jalen Hurts in the latter half of games would get into running a bit more. Um, AJ Brown, wide receiver 10. Is that, that doesn't seem too off though. Is that bust worthy? No, I got don't agree with receiver. any of these. I don't, I got him at wide receiver 11. Look, AJ Brown made Ryan Tannehill better, not the other way around. Ryan Tannehill didn't make AJ Brown better. We saw what Ryan Tannehill was without AJ Brown last year for a big chunk of the season. AJ Brown is the man. So uh, I think he's going to make Jalen better. I also don't agree on the Jalen bus takes, which they're in there as well. Uh, so I'm all aboard the AJ Brown hype train. I, I don't know that he'll have his peak, that, you know, that he had in Tennessee, but yeah. he's still a low end wide receiver one to me. Pretty interesting article. There's guys we didn't mention. There is a top 10 running back that made the list that we did not talk about that you might want to check out. And there are two more wide receiver twos that are on that. So go check it out over at fantasy pros friends. When we come back, we're going to end out our one and set up what we got going down in hour two. So don't go anywhere right here. on this league. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It's in this league. It's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make. In this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world. Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl Jr. Welcome back to In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. That is us, our weird first names, not just the last names, which we should focus on. Uh, we were talking about some fantasy football. And we were citing fantasy pros. And guess what? Next hour, 
it's more fantasy pros with Mr. Scott Bogman, who was not asked to write in that article for shame, by the way. All <laughs> articles. Bogman's favorite thing is writing articles, so every article should Oh be. no, 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 no. I don't want I don't want that. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bogman. You don't want them to know so, that. No, no. I'm trying to finish up my black book chapters and not have to write again until college football season. So how far uh, is that? Uh, how how close are we on that? We're like at sixty-five percent. So oh, okay. uh, holding steady for the last couple of days. But uh, uh, the, the last part, the last writing bit is easy. The hard part's done. The rookie profiles is what I spend the most time on. And that is done. So and submitted and you know, going to be June 1st for the June book. 1st. Yeah. And you've yeah. got uh, people be on the lookout for that because you've got all the rookie profiles. IDP stuff is in there. Individual defenses, uh, defensive teams pro- profiles this year as well. So, oh, OK. And then a nice little uptick. Yeah, that you forgot. Yeah, I can see it on your face. You're like, mm-hmm. yep, forgot about that. Getting to do that there. Uh, which leads to what we're going to be playing in next hour. Bogman on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast, the entirety of the episode is there, but there's some good nuggets with our friend Andrew Erickson. Andrew Erickson, who is um, not, well, newly ish. I mean, everyone's kind of newly ish over on Fantasy Pros, if we're being honest here. Derek Brown's pretty relatively new. Andrew's pretty new, but you have done probably more stuff with Andrew over the last, you know, three or four months. You've done quite a few pods than, uh, you know, than normal. I think we did like one episode with Andrew when we met him last year on the ITL fantasy football pod. We loved him, you know, great guy, kind of like us. And uh, you guys are going to be chatting it up and talking over a whole bunch of fantasy football. So what is in store for this fantasy football uh, hour two? So I did my initial rankings and there are a couple guys that I found more difficult to rank than others. And I pulled those guys out and Andrew and I are going to talk about them. It was either guys that I found hard ranking or my rankings were way different than consensus. So those are the guys that we're going to be talking about in the next hour. Very, very good. Well, don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. It's Bogman and Erickson for hour two and hour three. We've got Steve Gardner from USA Today for some fantasy baseball talk right here on In This League. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.